The season starts tonight. As if I'm not going to see enough of him over the next yeah. six months. Yeah. 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 Chris Pope joins me in studio. Hi, Mike. Popper. How are you, buddy? You ready to go? Oh, am I ever? Nobody has a handle on the league like these two hockey heads. Mike Farwell, Chris Pope, your number one authorities on the OHL. This is the Farwell and Pope podcast. How Mike. would you evaluate the offseason for the Kitchener Rangers? I would evaluate it as an A minus and not and, and only because somebody scribbled on their page. That's how I will put it. Because going out and addressing your goaltender needs immediately, getting Jacob Ingham, love it from Mississauga. Played what, fifty seven games last year out of sixty eight. Insane. Uh perhaps I'm just gonna say it. I think he's probably top two goaltenders in the league right now going into the season um, and then to go out and land a big fish like Liam Howell from Guelph not wasting any time he gets sent back thank you very much a la uh, Giovanni Smith a couple of years ago big body fast moves the puck well NHL drafted coming off a championship exactly what this team needs but someone went and scribbled on their page and they scribbled a big number four with an X through it <laughs> because Joseph Graffa deciding to go pro obviously takes 80 points out of this team's back pocket, and that is going to be... And and it's not only the points that he takes away, it's what he brought away from the points, too. It's the the shiftiness that he brought, the the long stretch pass that he brought, the being able to be that utility knife for the team. They don't have that anymore. They don't have that... (laughs) We saw it often. Last couple years, whenever Jay was in trouble, ah, we'll just throw Joe out there. Ah, shoot, we had a defenseman go down. Ah, throw Joe out there. Ah, we need someone on this line. Ah, throw Joe. They don't have that anymore. It'll be interesting. When you look at this team, Chris, this Kitchener Rangers team, there are there are several pundits who are suggesting it is a contender. I've been around this team for a lot of years and and it's it's difficult to be it's it's rare that it's this time of the season. Sure, there's a trade deadline move. I'd go back to the Peter Simicalis year for an example of that. Uh, Steve Spots last year when he loaded up making the big trade with the Sudbury Wolves, and you thought, okay, now the chips are in. But the beginning of the season, no. It's, it's more than a decade. If you look back to the 07-08 championship team, when obviously as hosts of the Memorial Cup, you knew something was in the water. But I don't know. It's, it's weird for me to be in this position thinking the team's in contention before the puck even drops. Well, they are. Make no mistake about it. I've, I've read it. I'll leave it at that, where I read it. But somebody was saying that they may or may not be in contention. They are in contention. I think a lot of people are sleeping on this team and over-evaluating what London is going to be. London has a very young defense core. They've lost a couple huge pieces off their back end that they relied on a large part of the time during a game they have a goaltender that hasn't been able to remain healthy i just don't know if i think london's going to be good don't get me wrong and they'll make moves to get better we know that but i don't think they're as good as everyone's talking about i'm all in on saginaw i think saginaw is going to be fantastic as long as perfetti doesn't have that sophomore slump and prosvitov can keep his head on straight okay but hang on let me just Jump in here for a minute, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but it's not all about Ivan Prosvitov, right? There is a kid from Cambridge who was a rookie in this league last year and was thrown into one of the most pressure-packed positions you could ever imagine being thrown into, and he showed that he absolutely belonged on that ice, even at that critical pressure-packed time. 
I caught up with the Cambridge native, Tristan Lennox, while he was here for the preseason showcase at the Odd. You know, Tristan, not only do you hold the Saginaw Spirit franchise record for the youngest goaltender to record a shutout, but I think after looking over your first year, you might hold an OHL record for the most interesting first year in the league. Uh, let's go back to the, the game where you got first called up and you had a chance to make your first start versus the Sudbury Wolves. Something very strange happened as you went off the ice after that game. Yeah, um, you know, I was, I was really dialed in for that game. It was, it was fun to play in. And after the game, um, you know, just walking off, kind of kind of rattled. Um, and I just soak a beer can right off the face. And uh, first thought was like, what the heck? Like, what what is going on? And then I look up and there's this, like, old girl yelling at me. So I just kind of walked it off and went to the room. But, yeah, it was it's funny to look back on and... Um, yeah, they, they were really good about it. They sent me a letter apologizing, and um, yeah, it was, it was good. They, they handled it really well. That was a, a real strange way for the first start to end. What was it like going into that game, knowing, of course, you were getting that start? What was the day like before your OHL debut? Yeah, uh, it, was, it was really exciting. You know, just getting called up for that road trip and hopping in right away was awesome. Um, it was a great experience, and I was very nervous going up to the game. Usually... Not a goalie that gets nervous, but um, for that one, I was pretty nervous and uh, anxious. And I think they scored on like their fourth shot on a breakaway. And then after that, I was just like, "Who cares? Just like dial it in, uh, play your game, and you'll be fine." So, just did that and uh, played played pretty well. So, it's understandable to be nervous for your OHL debut. It's probably also understandable to be nervous when you're sitting on the bench as a backup in a playoff game. And all hell breaks loose. <laughs> Ivan Prosvitov, who had started the game, bats a puck out of play. He's ejected. And Chris Lazary, your head coach, looks down the bench and says, Lenny, you're up. What goes through your mind at that moment? Um, I think at the time I was just, just uh, in shock. I didn't really move. I was, um, I was just talking to the boys about what happened. And um, they were telling me it. And uh, Laz looks down and he goes, Lenny, you're going in. And um, I don't know. I was just kind of... Kind of in shock, but also very excited. That place was bumping that night, and um, I just tried to do all I could to help the team get the win. What goes through your mind when you saw Ivan bat that puck out of play the way that he did? One of the more bizarre plays you'll ever see in this game. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I think I think he, the emotion just got the best of him there, and uh, he's not really like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I was, I was in shock. Like I said, it was just crazy to, to witness, and... All the, of course, after he does it, everyone just goes nuts and like everyone's loving it. But yeah, I was I was kind of freaking out. I was like, what what happens now? So and then yeah, I went in and it was good. You don't have time to think in that moment, but then of course you had to play the rest of that series for the Saginaw Spirit. You're up against the Guelph Storm in the Western Conference Final, and we all know that Storm team was loaded for bear. Did you? get more nervous before your next start because you knew you were going to be making it it's the western conference final um i think i think we had a day off in between the games so um i kind of went into it after the game i got focused i kind of knew something was going to happen with him and he was going to get some games so i just like usual i just go into every game acting like i'm playing just in case something happens and then um yeah it was i was uh i don't know i think i was more excited to play that one um first playoff start and um i was i was really excited and uh i think we lost that one but the next one we won and uh yeah it was a good feeling and if i'm not mistaken in that game that you won which was 
in Guelph, if I remember correctly. You faced close to 50 shots, if not more. Do you like facing that kind of action in a game? Keeps you in it? Yeah, I think um, the more shots, it's it's better and easier to play because you're always getting action and um, you're always dialed in. So, um, But in the games where you don't get as many shots, it's kind of tough, uh, tougher mentally to stay in it. But for the ones that you're getting shots, you're just always dialed in and seeing pucks. It could be easier if the shots weren't coming from Nate Schnarr and Isaac Radcliffe and uh, Nick Suzuki and guys like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That sucks. So that's not even the end of the topsy-turvy or roller coaster of that first year because then you get the opportunity to don Team Canada's jersey and go play at the Ivan Holinka tournament. Uh, how did you get the news that you were uh, going to be joining that Team Canada? Um, well, we, there was a goalie camp uh, that summer for um, like Hockey Canada's whole thing. Um, a certain amount of guys for every age went to that, and um, there was only four uh, uh, O2s there. So I, I knew I had a good chance to to go into Ivan camp, Ivan Halinka camp and um, do some do some good things and luckily it went well and uh, yeah it was awesome. What's it like pulling on that Maple Leaf jersey? It's amazing like uh, I can't even describe it um, you just yeah you see your jersey hanging up and uh, yeah you're just in shock you're like is my name on the back and you just try to go out and give the team a chance to win and make your country proud. The twists and turns, they're still not done. Semi-final, Sweden, and your OHL teammate, who was also your teammate on that Team Canada at the Ivan Halinka, Cole Perfetti. Yeah. Three goals in the shootout. So you're watching from one end, but then you know, man, I got my job to do at this end so we can still win this game. What goes through a goaltender's mind in those moments? Um, I, think, I think it's just stay dialed in. You know, always, um, The thing with me is I just always want to win, and I never really just get a thought oh what if what if he scores on me and Cole doesn't score like I just don't really think about that stuff I'm always thinking so I'm gonna make the next save and hopefully the boys can do it up front for me and uh yeah I just try to do as much as I can back there and I think they sent the same guy four or five times and I didn't even know till after the game I was so dialed but um yeah it was it was awesome to play in and very exciting for Cole you tweaked a small injury in that game as well. Uh, were you aware of the extent of it as you were staying dialed in to try to win that game? Um, I think I think I kind of had it in the back of my mind. Like, um, never really felt that before. Like, it went down right away, and it usually it goes away when that happens to me. But it stayed there for the for the remain remainder of the shootout, and still here today. So, um, yeah, I was I was just kind of trying not to think about it. Like. Um, just trying to win the game, right? So uh, when they came down and they would shoot, I was full full battle mode and just tried my best to stay in it. Exactly the way you imagined your first year in the Ontario Hockey League to be, right? That's, what, what, that's how it goes for everybody? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not really. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's, let's back up now to uh, the beginning of Tristan Lennox's goaltending career because you're a Cambridge kid, and we're talking tonight inside the Kitchener Memorial Auditorium. Was this Ranger team the one you watched growing up? Um, I think it was kind of back and forth, you know, me and my, me and my mom and dad would go to games and I th- most of the time it was Guelph, Guelph Storm games because we uh, knew Scott Walker there and um, they had quite a good thing going uh, when he was there. They won the, the uh, championship and then they had a good run in the Mem Cup. But yeah, I kind of like guys like uh, Garrett Sparks and John Gibson. So in the playoffs there, they were battling and it was really fun to watch. 
I always find it interesting. I mean, I know every kid, so many kids in this country grow up wanting to play hockey, but choosing to play goal is a whole different story. What led you between the pipes? I don't know. I think um, Marty Broder was a big influence on me. Um, I was a big fan of New Jersey and um, what they had. They made a run with Kovalchuk, Parise, and Broder, and um, I just loved what he did, like acted as a third defenseman back there, and I loved uh, watching him play, and I kind of wanted to model my game after him, if you can say that. I know how hockey parents can be when they worry about their kids being injured on the ice, and I wonder how Mama Lennox feels about watching her boy face 100-mile-an-hour slap shots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's, uh, if you watch her in the stand, she's pretty crazy when I'm in net. Uh, always, always nervous, and uh, um, when I was down in Europe playing for Team Canada in the shootout, she was going nuts, like, they kept showing her after every shot, and uh, she was she was going nuts. It was it's exciting and it's uh, awesome to have that support from your family, and uh, couldn't be more thankful. Do you ever think of picking up any of the characteristics from Prosvetov if you get named a star? Maybe some cartwheels, the splits. You got anything in you? Uh, I don't think so. No, not, nothing like that. But yeah, I've learned a lot from him so far. Being with him, he's a great guy and shows me shows me the ropes. So. Um, couldn't be more thankful for that too and he's a good guy so I'm very happy to play with him. Obviously last year for the Saginaw Spirit you come up just a little bit short losing that game seven in the West Final to the Guelph Storm. Uh, What is the mindset now coming into this season with the Spirit? Um, Still a bit better like um, losing that game seven in the Western Conference Finals you know we thought we had the team to to go all the way but um, the pieces didn't fall in our way so um, this year we're we're going we're going even harder and we're gonna try uh, try even harder and do more things right and um, hopefully we can get get that championship. You talk about those pieces, Tristan. Obviously, your general manager Dave Drinkle goes out and adds some really significant pieces at the deadline. What's that like as a player in the room, knowing that okay the chips are being pushed in here? Yeah, like um, when when I I got to the rink with Mason Melman and we walk in and it's Ryan McLeod and Owen Tippett in the room and. I'm kind of just like in shock, like 16-year-old still, first year in the league, like Owen Tippett and Ryan McLeod, like two of the top guys in the league, first first and second rounder in the NHL. It's like, yeah, we're, we're going to win this thing. And I think all the guys thought that, and we had the confidence to do it, but just didn't fall in our way. What's it like for a kid from southern Ontario here in the region of Waterloo being drafted by an American-based OHL team? When you find out you're going to the Saginaw Spirit, what goes through your mind? Um, draft morning, uh, it was a pretty crazy morning. Um, I, I didn't think Saginaw was going to take me, but it was uh, an amazing feeling seeing your name pop up there. And, um, yeah, I couldn't be more thankful. They're, they've done everything great, and, um, yeah, they're amazing people. I know that football is big in the States. We talk a lot when we come and visit. It's usually on a Saturday night, and Fridays are reserved for high school football in, uh, in the state of Michigan for sure. How is the city responding to the Saginaw spirit? Yeah, um, the fans were absolutely amazing last year. Like, just as the more we won, the more they came out and supported the guys. And um, like I said in the playoffs, it was outstanding. Like, I could you couldn't even hear yourselves like think it was it was crazy. And yeah, they're awesome. Do you have a favorite building to play in as a visitor? I know you haven't had a whole lot of opportunity yet, but a favorite building to visit. I think it's uh, got to go to the odd Kitchener here. Uh, just amazing atmosphere, so loud, and it's just so fun to play in. Thanks for this, and uh, good luck this season. Thank you so much. Thank you. 
I think they're a very good team. They're not getting Bodie Wild back. Don't get me started on that. Highly unlikely. That kid was a beast and will be in the American Hockey League as far as I'm concerned. Saginaw is a team to watch. London will be good, yes. I think Kitchener finishes third this year. Maybe even higher if they get a couple moves. If Mike McKenzie's really... If, that Howell move surprised me. That one is like, okay, now we're going. Like Now we're starting out here. The only way the Rangers finish third is if London beats them in the division. I know, and that's my, my opinion. Thing. And, yeah. that's, and that's what I'm thinking. I gotcha. If London makes a couple moves, Kitchener's obviously going to make a couple move, couple more moves. They'll be going head-to-head for the that division title. And then Saginaw tossed in there. The- okay, hang on. I'm going to interrupt again, but let's just not toss in the Saginaw spirit anywhere. This team, uh, I don't know. I, I watched them during the preseason showcase. I know it's just the preseason, but... There was something about the team. There was an air, the way they played, the physicality, even on an opening preseason weekend showcase in Kitchener. I don't know. And then I also, much like I caught up with Tristan Lennox, caught up with Saginaw Spirit head coach Chris Lazary. Now, if you believe the preseason media polling, this would be a guy that's on course for a Coach of the Year award. But more than that, I think the conversation we had was one of the most forthcoming I've ever had with any coach so far in the Ontario Hockey League, coming right down to him admitting to his own mistakes and not just saying I made them, but telling us the mistakes he made. Have a listen to this one and pay attention. Last I think I ran into you wasn't too long after the uh, playoff exit for Saginaw last season. Obviously, it never ends the way you want it to unless you're playing when there's no out-of-town scoreboard. Uh, do you, you play that back over your head through the summer and wonder what could have been when you were so close? To be honest with you, if we didn't have the uh, birth of my second daughter, it probably would have been the worst summer of my life personally. I think uh, you know you do self-reflection on your team, you do self-reflection on yourself, you look at the mistakes you made as a coach and the decisions you probably should have done differently and things we could have done in the series, but it was a learning experience. You get so tied up in a series sometimes, you've got to find a way to remove yourself and the emotion from it and look at it from a different perspective, and I failed to do that. I think at the end of the day, there were some things there, critical errors on my end that probably played into us losing the series, and it's so it makes it for a tough summer, but we have a great group coming back. We're excited about the opportunity to get back there again. What would you look at as a head coach saying that was a critical error that I should have done differently? Well, one example is I didn't play Nick Porco in a shift in Game 7 at all, and I think uh, looking back on that, it's a massive, massive mistake. And I think you look at the way we set our lines in Game 7, like I, I think I overthought everything, and I should have just went back to what was working, what got us to that point, and, um, you know, a couple little adjustments in game. But those are things you got to live with as a coach. Like when you live it and you breathe it, uh, you know, it is tough and it does sting, but... It's all about, like we tell our players, it's all about getting better every day, and you got to find ways to do that, and sometimes you got to look yourself in the mirror and realize you made some mistakes. That series featured one of the more bizarre incidents we've seen in a playoff hockey game in the OHL when your goaltender, Ivan Prosvitov, batted a puck out of play. What was going through your mind when that happened? You know what? I was just trying to get through the initial game at first. I think something like that happens, like it's chaos. You hope you can put a case together when you present it to the league that maybe prevents suspension, which I thought we did a good job of, but the league has a process and we completely respect their decision. And on top of that, you lose Justin Murray a couple minutes before on a big-time hit. But we tell our guys all the time, there's things going to happen that you can't control. Like, And we were saying on the bench, guys, it's happening. It's happening right now, but our job right now is to find a way to get through at the time. It was a big-time penalty kill, find a way to tie the game and then go and win it. We did that, and I, I thought... You know, being up 2 nothing, we got a reset. I don't think goaltending was an issue in the series. I just, 
you know, we had a lot of injuries that uh, people probably don't know about with guys playing with separated shoulders and different things, and we just we couldn't recover. But, um, you know, it's a learning lesson for everybody. You talk about goaltending not being an issue, and I don't think anybody believed that it was. What can you say about Tristan Lennox coming in cold like he did as a rookie in this league thrown into that situation? Well, Lenny's elite. Like, he's, he's an elite human and he's an elite goalie, and I think... The one thing for sure I know about that moment is chaotic what it was. We had 5,700 people. The place was going nuts. Ivan's out. Murray's out. I looked out at Lenny when he said it was time to go, and he kind of just looked at me almost like, yeah, I got this, no problem. And uh, his demeanor, his makeup, and his ability to want to play in big games and be comfortable in big games is why he'll be a high NHL pick and play a long time in the NHL. So um, he's elite. We're lucky to have him, and, and I'm looking forward to watching his future as he goes through our organization. I want to touch on another player that I'm sure you're very happy to have, and that's a kid by the name of Cole Perfetti. You watch him at the Holinka and the three shootout goals that he gets, uh, but that's got to be fun to have that asset in your lineup. Yeah, I think just I think as an organization, I think every guy in the team would say the thing. We're just so proud of Cole, and uh, for him to go on that stage and do that, like he is the most humble hockey player I think I've ever coached in you know, my career in coaching and, uh, and, and the way he goes about his business and how good he is as a teammate. So to see a guy like that on stage make that kind of impact and to know that he's part of the Saginaw Spirit family, was, uh, it was a special moment for him. I think it was a special moment for our organization as well. You mentioned a moment ago that chaotic game when all heck is breaking loose and you've got 5,700 fans there at the Dow. And that's a pretty special thing. I know how electrified the community became with the Spirits playoff run last year. Uh, what did it do for hockey in Saginaw? The buzz, I think. You know, put it, put us back on the map in Saginaw, and I think it's been a long, long, a long, lot of lean, starving years there for those fans. And one things, I, one thing for sure, I know our group wanted to do was something like that for for our uh, organization and our community. And I think the toughest thing on the guys was when they sat in the room after Game Seven, losing on home ice and feeling like we kind of let our fan base down and how excited they were for games. I tell you one thing, we were talking about it all the time, how fun it was to play at home in that environment. And, I know for sure our guys are fired up to try to get back to that point this year and and want to be back in that environment and and try to get it done for our group. I wanted to touch on that too because obviously we're at the very beginning, but you're returning a lot of players and it's a team that on paper certainly, Chris, looks good. Is there a sense of unfinished business with this spirit squad? Yeah, we had a lot of meetings. I know myself as a coach and our leadership group throughout the summer, we know we're going to be very, very good, but that's not good enough. I think... You could argue our team on paper was better last year, post-trade deadline, and we didn't get the job done. And it's one thing to be skilled and play puck possession style of play, but it's another thing to be the hardest working team in the league, to be the most detailed, to be connected. And there's a lot of things away from the puck and a lot of mindset things as soon as we turn it over that we have to improve on if we expect to take the step this year. Something you said at the beginning that I can't just gloss over. Two kids under two now, Laz. It's hard enough doing this job without that at home. How does that work out? You know what? My wife is she's a superhero. She's phenomenal. I, I can't say enough about her. She, I mean, we live you know eight-plus hours away from family and friends, so when we get out here, we're on our own, and um, she deals with it. She's got Sometimes she'll cry me, call me, both babies are crying, and she'll kind of look at me like, are you kidding me? But <laughs> she, is, uh, she does a phenomenal job, and, and uh, she's a big reason why I've had the success in my career that I've had. Are those summers important to uh, reconnect with family? Yeah, like I, I might see my family an hour a day. I'm at, I'm at the rink 5.30 in the morning. I don't get home to, you know, 6 at night. And by then my daughters, you know, are both in bed now by 8 at the latest. So um, that family time in the summer, I try to wind it down from the hockey perspective and just invest all my time into them. We'll see you a lot this season. Thanks for making time for us. All right, thank you. The team in the West, though, that I think a lot of people are sleeping on, Owen Sound. And we watched them last year. 
man, they were tough to watch at some points. My goodness. But I think a lot of people are sleeping on them. They're an older team. And time and time again in this league, when you're an older team, you win. You, you, it just happens. Yeah, are they going to do that, though, with Matt Guzda? I think you probably could, honestly. Yeah. Like, I, don't get me wrong. I don't think they're going to be contending for a title here. But I don't think they're finishing 7th, 8th. In my mind. And we go away for a long trip. Week two, Thursday, North Bay, Friday, Sault Ste. Marie, Sunday, Sudbury. At least Popper, we get to go up in late September. I'm all for it, really. Get the road trip out of the way. Do some bonding. And you see, I don't mind it because the first weekend away, you're not used to the iron lung that is the bus and the 401. You don't mind it. You're like, oh, what a nice little drive, sun shining. Oh, the bus is back. Come January, you're like, get me the heck off this bus. I can't have no room. I'll get hit in the leg. So it's nice to get it out of the way where you, uh, you still appreciate the tight confines of the bus up I, to North Bay. I could not agree more. And Farwell and Pope Podcast now taking sponsorship. If you want to get on board <laughs> for the regular season... We will make sure to pump your business. And guess what? We are the ones that say the sponsorship. So we will put it in there as many times as we want. And we also take under-the-table deals. No, we do not. Would you stop that? This is a licensed broadcaster right now. Okay, we don't take under-the-table deals in form of popcorn at the odd. Line one is ringing. It's Joe Natale, our president. (laughs) Who? That's a wrap on this edition of the Farwell and Folk Podcast. Your authority on everything around the OHL. Have a question or topic you'd like covered? Email mike at 570news.com. The Farwell and Pope Podcast originates from the 570 News studio in Kitchener. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.